Through the grapevine, that some of the listeners don't like the voices. Well, that sounds like a them problem. Yeah, it was one of the kids. He said his mom wasn't gonna let him listen anymore. Oh, hold up. We got kids listening to this podcast? <laughs> well, only with parental permission. Well, listen up, kids. I got some advice for you, okay? Advice number one. Never, never, never listen to your mom. <laughs> advice number two. Always, always ignore your mom. And finally, advice number three. Is never, never trust a guy on the internet podcasters with a fake funny voice and a fake funny name. Wise words, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. <laughs> welcome, everyone, to another Mind Virus show. If you're new, then you might think we are the ones with the Mind Virus. And we very well might be. We very well might be. But yes, welcome back. Well, yeah, got a little... Uh, feedback from some of the listeners. Most of the feedback I get is they like the voices, that the voices play. But uh, somebody's got to keep some- Anthony Fauci around. He's he's gotten buried into the dustbin of irrelevancy. We hardly ever hear from him anymore. And this is my bad Anthony Fauci impersonation. How come you don't have like a Spencer Cox impersonation? I have too much testosterone. <laughs> Can you do a Mickey Mouse? I think that's pretty close. Hey, <laughs> hey, Utah. Hey, Utah. Today is your rendezvous with destiny. Don't give up on the idea of America. I was elected to preserve the idea of America. I managed the election to elect myself to preserve the idea of America. No, he's starting to sound a little bit Eastern. America. <laughs> oh yeah but technically yeah i heard that there is one of our listeners that doesn't like the voices so to that person that's just too darn bad well, i would like to know some specifics is it is it uh is it the particular voice do you want to hear better voices different voices do you want to hear you know more diverse voices this person also thought that our our uh dungeons and dragons uh, mockery at the end of one of our episodes was a little bit silly. Mm. I wonder if we've been getting a little too silly lately. Mm. I feel like I, I don't like the term gallows humor. Mm. I really don't because I want to fight this uh, this hanging of Western society that's going on. But that reminds but me. But I of, mean, you got to have a little bit of a sense of humor here. Did you ever watch the, uh, I believe it was the Coen brothers, they made a, a series of short films 
um, called the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And the first one that the, the, there's a, there's, there's a whole bunch of them, but the first one is, is called the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So the whole series is called that. Isn't this a movie? Like you can see it on Netflix. It's on Netflix, but it's a series. It's, it's a movie, but within, you know, but it's just a bunch of small, of short vignettes that are not related to one another. I think I started to watch it, but it's a little violent, isn't it? Uh, it gets a little dark and sad and sometimes, but there is a scene in the very first one called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and that one has some, bit, some big stars in it. It's got um, the one guy, uh, Franco, James Franco, okay. and he plays kind of an outlaw, and he's, he's uh, in the gallows, and he's set to be hung, and he's standing next to another guy who's set to also be hung, and that guy's crying. Yeah. And <laughs> James Franco looks over at him and they kind of look at each other and James Franco goes, first time? Because <laughs> he's, uh, he's escaped a hanging before. And of course he gets, well, I'm not going to okay, spoil, don't it, spoil it. First time. And I thought that is literally gallows humor. Right. Right. That is. <laughs> and, and the Coens are, sure. are masters at gallows humor. If you've watched many of their films they, they can get really dark and and a little bit uh sort of uh violent but mm-hmm. but also throw a kind of an absurdity to it um anyway another film great, great filmmakers yeah another film that has uh it's not quite gallows humor but pretty close is the life of brian uh-huh oh and i heard this person doesn't like when we sing on the podcast either Always look for the bright side of life. Okay, dear listener, I I, I know you're going to hear this. You you know who you are. I don't know who you are, but you know who you are. What is it, and please leave a comment at mindvirus.show, what is it that you do like? (laughs) This is mostly a, a singing variety show where we do like songs, movie quotes, voices. Isn't that kind of like 90% of the podcast? Yeah, that's why people tune in, right? We're a we're a variety show. Uh, Life of Brian, though, mm-hmm. that's more of a documentary on the modern times than anything. It's not quite it's not quite the Coen Brothers, but it is Monty Python, which is mm-hmm. uh, I think in Wiktionary or Wikipedia under the Monty Python entry, it says the definitive epitome of classic. So yeah. This is classic. The Monty Python comedy troupe is uh, classic in every sense of the word. They've done some incredible, incredible stuff out there. Yeah, nothing is off limits. It's like it was like the front runner to The Simpsons. And I don't know why The Simpsons doesn't get more play. I mean, I, what I've heard is that it's not quite as good as it used to be. I mean, it's in its like thirty third season. Yeah, I mean, I stopped watching twenty years ago. I did too, and and not necessarily. I didn't. It wasn't something I decided to do. I just stopped. I just. just I guess it, yeah. Watching. I just ke- couldn't keep up. It's it's definitely classic. At least those. Um, I think the first, early episodes, the first ten years, I think are incredible. But I don't have a lot of perspective on the last twenty. Years yeah. So I somebody somebody who's been watching it out there, let us know if they got wokeified or anything like that. For, is everything for, yeah. is everything still 
on the table for them? Are they able to lampoon everyone? And I, you know who I'm talking about right now. I started watching more, and again, not real super regularly, but like fam- Family Guy. Family Guy will lampoon everyone. Okay. Um, there's some other cartoons out there that I think built on the ideas that the Simpsons were conveying or exploring, like, you know, that irreverence where nothing is off the table. I mean, Family Guy, South Park, American Dad, Rick and Morty, these are all shows that everything is pretty much fair game and they get away with it. And I'm glad they do because we that's what free speech is supposed to be, right? You kinda can what, offend kinda anybody. Kind of what Saturday Night Live used to be when you had guys like Norm MacDonald on there. Right. But now it's a, a bastion of wokeism. Right. And it's not funny. That's, that's the thing. When, when humor dies, we're all dead, right? Well, the comedians are a really good kind of canary in the coal mine scenario. When, when the comedians are being shut up, you know that, that there's serious problems afoot when it comes to expression and, and free speech. And we've seen that a lot recently, right? We talked about it on the show before. What's the guy's name from Monty Python? John Cleese or what? John Cleese, Cleese, yeah. who canceled himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very apt, right? Very, very apropos for what's going on right now. He's like, I'm just going to cancel myself. Well, and and that's the 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 bottom line, the heart and soul of a free society and a and a free a society that values free speech is that. Everyone can be offended. Everyone can be lampooned and made fun of and criticized, and that's okay. Yeah, and that's like, essentially what the life of Brian was, was a massive uh, <laughs> harpooning of Christianity, really. And, and, right. And, but not just that. I mean, you see, a lot of people saw it as that, because in the end it's, well, I don't want to spoil it, but Brian and the gallows humor and all that <laughs> stuff, uh, it's clearly not just about Christianity. It's about the, the madness of crowds, really. Right. <laughs> and, well, at- and so it, it, it's essentially about the mass psychosis that uh, Dr. Malone brought up at the start of the year that he but, got in trouble for. Sorry, I need to correct you that Dr. Malone made up. Made up. <laughs> out of whole cloth. Thin air. <laughs> Thin air. He made up all the sources, all the, all the PhDs that were studying this. Right. It's like... I mean, that's, that's, I guess, I guess we've talked about it before. We're, we're that far off the cliff. We're, we're not only uh, 12 feet off the edge of the cliff, but we're not, we're not 15 feet down. Like I used to say, we're maybe getting close to the bottom and and there's not much screaming left to to go here when you've got a, a society that's so mentally ill that it won't define what a woman is, that it won't hold someone they're going to put on the highest court of the land, which is the highest court in the country that controls the most of the world, seems to want to control the world, right? <laughs> and, and is making efforts to do so. We won't hold that person to a standard where they're willing to define what a woman is. Right. Right. We have, it's a, a society so mentally ill that in the space of one night in an awards show, a man will stand up and slap another man for making fun of his wife, and then 20 minutes later, be honored and given a standing ovation for receiving a, uh, an award that the, they give themselves. And then a couple of weeks later gets banned from that awards ceremony for the next 10 years. <laughs> right. The... 
I don't know how you can watch five minutes of the news and not realize that there is a serious mass psychosis. And what's a, what's a psychosis, Jordan? Well, a psychosis, a psychosis is technically, I think, a fear, a fear of something that is not. Well, that's a phobia. Well, let's 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 ask Google here because okay. Google tends to well, he's asking, have at least a definition. While he's asking Google, um, today, by the way, is April twenty fifth. It's Monday, April twenty fifth. This is the Mind Virus Show. We are found at mindvirus.show as well as all your favorite podcast aggregators and listeners and uh, applications and whatever else the kids are calling them these days. My name is Bobby Flood. That's Jordan Bruno. And we are the Mind Virus <laughs> podcast people. Podcasters. Sometimes we have guests that are not real. They're just voices. Sometimes we have Mickey Mouse. Sometimes we also have actual guests. Sometimes we have Kermit the Frog. <laughs> um, I would like to invite the listener who doesn't like our voices onto the show. I think she would enjoy that. Oh, I just let out of the bag. Oh, you know, she, you know she's this a woman. Person. Okay. Yes. Wait, and uh, that's she... why I said it was her son because her son oh, listens right, and she listens. Right, right. You already revealed that because I made I told I told them not to listen to his mom. And I and I told them um, they didn't have to listen to every episode that she could skip through it. I told her I told the kid to tell her that, but. I think they're going through in order, trying to listen to all of them. So they may not catch up to this for a couple of weeks or months. Maybe. So that invitation will still be valid in it June would be, it would be, or July when you finally get to this podcast. We have not yet had a woman on the show. Now, I don't know what a woman that's a poli- is. That's because of a policy. <laughs> that's because of a longstanding policy where... Well, the policy is that we don't. neither of us know what a woman is. So, so we don't know if we've had one on the show. I don't. We may have already had one. Am I a woman? There's a, have you seen the ad that's going, going on the internet? Like there's an ad they're advertising to your kids. Like I've seen it on all of our computers at home. It's a big rainbow flag and it's a, are you gay quiz? No. <laughs> you haven't seen this? I don't know why no, our kids started getting this. So I started getting on my computer. I had to report the ad as inappropriate. I use do a you, lot of ad blockers. Yeah. Do you realize though, if, if you go out on a limb and decide to take a quiz online that's going to determine if you're gay or not. Do you want to want me to tell you what the answer to that is? That is a that is not a quiz. That's not a quiz. That is a predetermined <laughs> clickbait. That's propaganda. <laughs> that sounds like something that would have got passed around at my school when I was in 8th grade. I think it's worse than that. I think about it. I think there's some part of the oligarchy out there that's trying to get as many people mentally broken as possible. Well, I think by telling the kids that they're gay. I think we've mentioned on this show, or maybe just between us, off the air, off the record, that the the, the number of kids identifying as gay, uh, if you go back to our generation, is like less than one percent, and then the next generation, the percentage goes up a little bit, and now the kids nowadays, that it's like thirty percent. It's like one out of every three kids, which is astronomically high. In and, a very short period of time. And it's, it's due to... Marketing. Well, you, you could say that. Yeah, you could say that it's being foisted on them by a, a nefarious uh, media and government and social uh, forces. Or it just might be that more people are being born that way, right? <laughs> I think throughout history, we can, 
you can make the argument that there's been a certain percentage, like you point out, a small percentage of people that have that tendency, whether mm-hmm. it's born or developed or whatever. They're, it's always been a small one. And I think the, the Clinton era don't ask, don't tell policy was the type of thing that kept that in check. It's, it's not normal in society, so don't ask, don't tell. And recently it's been switched from a don't ask, don't tell to uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, the famous Seinfeld episode, to being celebrated and then being foisted upon, pushed upon young children who are clearly in their formative years, right? Right. And so therefore they they start to think that's who they are. Now, I, I heard an interesting take on this from a friend who, I think it came through Jordan Peterson. So I'm sorry, friend and Jordan Peterson, if I'm misquoting you, but Peterson, who's a psychologist. Nobody's ever misquoted Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Peterson, who's a psychologist, supposedly has put forth the idea that with the internet and with the helicoptering of parents and the, and the screen time that all these kids get that, where they don't get a lot of good independent playtime they don't go through the role playing that they go through as kids where you know when you're a kid you try out the different gender roles right and you try out all kinds of things you try out being a fireman you try out being a space alien you know dinosaur yeah you pretend right you do you you've got to hang out with other kids and uh you've got to go through the the process of pretend all the way up through even high school, I think you're still trying out roles and you need a safe place to do that where you're, where certain realities aren't under attack. And so this is, he, he, I think he argues that in conjunction with COVID, it's made it even worse, but the internet age has made it pretty bad already. But where, where you've got COVID and you locked everybody up, the kids don't have those outlets to, to try out those things. So then they get to their teenage years and then they're trying out things they should have already figured out as a kid. Because we, we've all, all of you that have had kids know you've had your boys play with dolls or try right. on girls' clothes or whatever. <laughs> and the girls do the same thing. And they try out those things. And then they hit puberty and they start to realize, hey, this is who I am. But if they're told at a young age, hey, you might be a girl or you might be a boy when it's in opposition to their biological sex. And then they, they try to reinforce that. Well, that that can that's why there's such a high incidence of suicide. I think I, among these kids who think they're transgender. I think it's even worse than that. I I don't think it's even the media or whoever saying you might be this or that. It's saying you need to be this or that because this or that is noble. It's brave. It's uh, it's cutting edge. It's popular. And so yeah, the, there's a huge influence. It's kind of being played out in the in you know this recent Florida legislative legislative battle. Oh the. It's the uh, don't let Disney have their own autonomous country inside of Florida bill. <laughs> oh, you're right. The other one you thought I was going to say the don't say gay bill, right? Which is not the it's the parental rights bill. Which it, right. when it's said in its appropriate uh, context, when it's when it's said in that context, you realize, oh yeah, parents should have rights. Not, as opposed to not dumb. if you're an <laughs> not if you're like not a, if you send your kids off to the educators, hardcore union activist. I mean, they're just out there saying, no, you shouldn't know what we're teaching you. Oh, they kids. totally are. You have no right to know. That's that. why uh, so many of the um, prepper community, the conservative uh, libertarian uh, 
what we would call the traditionally awoken crowd, awoken to the awful situation as described in Ether chapter 8 of the Book of Mormon, that crowd, a lot of them are saying, take your kids out of the public schools. Right, right. Because that's how the educators really think, that, that it's their right. They have the divine right of teachers to tell what the truth is. And, and the parents don't have a right to know. And I think the, maybe a silver lining to all this Zoom school that people went to is that parents were hearing and seeing what their kids were being taught. Um, I, I know there was a lot of nonsense I overheard um, in some of my kids' Zoom classes, both at the university and high school, junior high school level, less so at the high school and junior highs around here. But I know we like to think we're a little bit protected here in the great state of Utah, but just go to the UEA. That's the Utah Educators Association, I think is what it stands for. It's the local teachers union. And their their website is laced with CRT, right? Critical race theory language. I thought it was CTR. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. In order to CTR, you must teach CRT. CTR means choose the race. (laughs) Um, And CRT means... Critical race theory. I thought it was critical race tyranny. (laughs) It could be. I think it's called crazy race theory. Crazy race theory. But uh, you were you were looking something up. I was looking something up, but I also found an interesting quote from a guy that... uh, um, you know a guy with a quote? I know a guy with a quote. <coughs> um, believe it's Alma the Elder. The first, in, uh, the first in a book of, called the Book of Mormon, in a book called the Book of Mosiah, which a lot of listeners of this podcast claim to believe in, and a lot of the people in this state claim to put credence in this. Anyway, Alma, when he's... Um, being offered uh, the king kingdom, essentially. Right. He's like, look, you've been delivered out of uh, these this bondage by the hands of King Noah. <laughs> or sorry, <laughs> you've been delivered out of bondage. This is chapter 23, verse 13. Since you've been delivered by the power of God out of bondage and even out of the hands of King Noah and his people and from the bonds of iniquity... Even so, I desire that you should stand fast in this liberty wherewith you've been made free and trust no man to be a king over you. And then he says also, this is like right along with the kingdom. He says also, trust no one to be your teacher nor minister except he be a man of God, walking in his ways and keeping his commandments. But see, he didn't really mean teacher in the secular sense, did he, Bobby? I'm sure just what he meant was that because in the long, Nephite, as in long the, as you use your middle initial and you wear a nice suit, you're a man of God. Okay, okay. There's something behind that comment we should get to here in a minute. But uh, but back in the Nephite days, they had a separation of church and state, right? They separated the church. No. They no. separated the church from the state during the during the reign of the judges. Sort of. Yeah, and then the the state took property taxes. Fifty percent of all that they possessed, gave it to uh, the Nephite Educators Association, the NEA, and they taught. And they, were, of course, were all men of God well, and see, women of God. That's the. That's always the. That's always the, the kicker, right? 
how do we discern what is and what isn't of God, whether they're men of God or doctrines from God? That's the, always the kicker. Because that's good, that's good counsel that Alma gives, right? The Doctrine and Covenants basically says the same thing, right? And I'm going to blow the quote, so I'm not even going to try. But it, 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 it says that basically that the governments, as long as they are defending your rights, you know what I'm talking about. I can see the light go on in your, in your right, eyes. Right, it's Doctrine and Covenants section 134. You want me to read it to you? Sure. Not the whole section. Yeah, why not? It's so... Such a, I don't want the listeners okay. to tune out. Go over okay. to Joe Rogan or some other smaller <laughs> podcast. Okay, so, well, you got to kind of get the context here. We believe governments were instituted of God for the benefit of man and that God holds men accountable for their acts in relation to them, right? Uh, governments can't exist in peace unless the laws are framed and held inviolate to secure to each individual the free exercise of conscience and the right and control of property and the protection of life. Okay, it gets to this point, though, where it says that uh, to, men are bound to su- sustain and uphold the government in which they reside while they're protected in their inalienable rights by the laws of the government, and that right. sedition and rebellion are unbecoming every citizen, thus protected. Thus in their, protected. Right. That's right. a huge qualifier. And ask yourself right now, are you thus protected? Let, let, me, let me read to you something uh, that is even more <laughs> scriptural than Doctrine and Covenants section 134. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the bands, the political bands that have connected them with another, and to assume, I'm going to paraphrase this, among the powers of the earth, the uh, separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, meaning self-government, you know, a decent respect to, to rational thought and the opinions of others requires that they declare the causes which impel them to this separation. That's the preamble or the, the first paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. But listen to this, because I'm going to tell you about the self-evident truths. And we usually stop our self-evident truths at all men be, being created equal and being endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Unalienable rights. Unalienable means not lienable. It doesn't mean unalienable, okay? Alien does come from the same root, but they all come from the, the real estate term to lien, the verb meaning to place a lien upon, as if I had leaned your property. If I lien your property, I own your property. I get to take and do things with it, right? Like your, like an easement or your, your property or property tax. Your property has liens placed upon it right now, by the way. Right. <laughs> you you don't own your property. <laughs> you don't your property. Own, we, we don't own anything. Yeah, it's all leaned. It's all a leaned. But I'm happy. Go find. I, I don't own anything, and I'm happy. If you want to, yeah. If you, <laughs> okay. I had another real quick thought follow up to that. That's the WEF's little. That's the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. You know, you'll, you'll own nothing, and you'll be happy. And I Modern thought, well, who, Darth Vader. who will own the things then? Who will? Well, own those them? who have the divine right of kings will own them. Right. Well, yeah. that is us at the World Economic Forum. 
and our friends at the World Government Forum. Is it? There's another one, right? A World Government Forum or something? I like hope. A, a I sister hope so. organi- A dark sister, a clothed in scarlet <laughs> sister uh, organization. There's a lot of those. They call them NGOs, non-governmental organizations. Or uh, in, in the Urban Dictionary, not good organizations. Okay, <laughs> that's what the NG stands for. And there are a lot of them, and they do have a lot of power and control and influence. Right, and they're, try- and they're trying to get things. more. Anyway, uh, we're interrupting the unalienable rights. Uh, go to the 1828 Dictionary, Webster's 1828 Dictionary. You can find that online somewhere. And that has preserved the language. For now. Right. That's, that's preserved the language by which uh, the English in America was used by people who framed the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, those people that wrote it. Okay, so that's a, that's a good source. Uh, you can come visit me at my house. I've got a paper copy if we ever, you know, if the lights go out and uh, we can't get access to the online version. Well, anyway, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, namely life, liberty, and property, or life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which was commonly understood as the righteous enjoyment of property, right? I mean, it can't, it's not just about having property and then using it inappropriately. It's about the right, it, that's why he says pursuit of happiness, the righteous enjoyment of property. But get that, get this. So the self-evident truths are not just that all men are created equal and that they have life, liberty, and property given to them by their creator. It continues, dash, dash, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. And that's what Doctrine and Covenants section 134 reiterated many years right. later. Well, keep in mind that the, doc- the Declaration of Independence and the Doctrine and Covenants are not so far removed. They're contemporary documents. Right. And Joseph, Joseph Smith grew up in, in New England. He was born in Vermont among the Green Mountain Boys and the, the you know, New Hampshire. Is it New Hampshire that, what do they call themselves, the, the Free State? Isn't that their... Yeah, their free state. Uh, but, is it New Hampshire or Vermont? But there was uh, there was a, a large contingency of freedom loving people who fought, who literally fought in the Revolutionary War, including Joseph's uh, father. Did Joseph Smith Senior fight in the it's Revolutionary New, it's War? It's New Hampshire that's the Free State Project, which we could, we should talk about. I don't remember which of Joseph's ancestors fought in the Revolutionary War, but we've got to point out that Joseph lived prior to the war between the states, right. prior to the great usurping of the, the right to life, liberty, and property of the South by the northern states. And of course, right. they want to say that, well, that's because of slavery. No, it was about control. And the war that was supposed to, that we think ended slavery, made slaves out of all of us. Because when you have half of the country that doesn't want to be in the Union, and you force them into the Union by blood, by death, by destruction, that's a tyranny, guys. Well, and only 50 years after that, in 1913, 50-ish years, you, you, you know, the deal was sealed with the creation of the income tax and the Federal Reserve. Exactly. And that, I think 1913 was the beginning of the end of, of the United States Free State Project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, the Free State Project is a group of people who thought, if we all move to the same state, we can influence the laws democratically 
and create a free state. And so the, the people that conceptualized this had chosen two different states as targets, Wyoming and New Hampshire. And one the reasons they picked those states is they, they needed to have already a fairly good basis for freedom and they needed to have low uh, or smaller populations so they could have a better chance mm-hmm. of affecting it by have, moving a bunch of people in. They chose New Hampshire, which is interesting. I wish they would have chosen Wyoming. Then I right. might uh, move but, there. But Wyoming, they probably there probably was less to actually change in Wyoming too. Wyoming still has a pretty good foundation for freedom. Now it's not perfect. And the Cheneys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a more, uh, when I think of freedom, I see the face of Dick Cheney. Or his daughter. And Liz Cheney. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The self-evident truths. Number one, men are created equal. They're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then number uh, three, I think we're at, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, that they derive their just powers from the consent of the government. And then the last point, the last truth that we hold to be self-evident, which is not often talked about, is that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. And it goes on. And it wants to elaborate on this point because it's like, you know, prudence kind of dictates that governments that have long been established shouldn't be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that people like us tend to suffer (laughs) while the evils are sufferable rather than right ourselves by abolishing the forms that we're accustomed to. But... When a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object, that you'll own nothing, (laughs) that you'll be happy according to their terms, that you'll sit locked in your home, safe, together. What was it? Alone together? What was the slogan? That would never happen. (laughs) When all that happens... Alone together, we're in this together. We're in this, yeah, whatever, whatever propaganda is uh, tearing at your mind, ca- creating the psychosis that we're, we're itching to define. The global citizen, the goodglobalcitizen.org organization even had a concert called Alone Together with yeah. Lady Gaga and other people. But when, when a long train of evil people, secret combinations through either misuse of the law, changing the laws, changing the definitions, uh, eroding your freedoms year after year, taxing you, taking your money and using it against you, harassing you with swarms of officers that come and eat of your substance. After that, when all that happens, it is their right, no, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient suffering of the people of America in the last many years. <laughs> well, people are losing their patience, and this is a good thing. People are starting to wake up to uh, you know, become aware of the awful situation. 
well, there well, was a, I saw a headline on the, I'm looking for it. I can't find it now. There was a, a headline on KSL, the local communist rag, and it said something like, parental activists are starting to harass school boards or something like that. Do and, these people have guns illegally? <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> and I, I clipped the, you know, I made a photo of the headline and I threw it out there on Twitter. It just said, hey, KSL, parental activism is just parenting. It's just parenting. <laughs> of course, we're activists, you know, we're advocating for our kids. And it goes back to like, you know, you do, you have seen parents kind of call out school boards, right? There was some school board that the Virginia governor's race was kind of hinged on that last fall. And it's just parenting. It's not every, activism. every parent should be active. It should, th that's what they do is they create labels and they attack the labels and the labels are getting to be to the point where only the people who are laboring under the psychosis are going to believe it. Psychosis. And you were right. I was, I was wandering off in a, one of the connotations of it, which is that, that fears, irrational fears are part of a psychosis and they are, but you're right. That's right. a phobia. Technically in Greek, that's what, uh, um, phobia means, uh, sukos or suke in Greek actually has to do with the spirit. So this is kind of funny because this word is a little, if we look at the, uh, etymology of it, I, I think we'll find a little bit of a, a strange, a strangeness to the to where the modern doctors have taken it because I believe spirit to be real, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, psychosis is severe mental disorder in which thought and emotions are so impaired that contact is lost with external reality. Hold the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good definition. Nine one one. I'd like to report a psychosis, a mass psychosis. That a lot of people want to want to say that one way to to realize a person's insane or you know to to see that you're not actually in touch with reality is when you're the only one believing a certain way mm -hmm. which is you know a lot of family members you know interventions people people will do this type of thing throughout history they'll say you know they'll use peer pressure as the reason to uh hand socrates the hemlock and make him kill himself right but what's interesting is that in the great literature it's always the hero who realizes the jig is up the matrix is real or whatever right, right. well it, it you look at the last couple of years and i mean there's there's countless examples of this psychosis on, and, and even mass the psychosis, mass psychosis but even on an individual level so recently the the airplane mask mandate died thanks to a brave judge from, I don't know, Florida or somewhere. Florida's saving the world right now. And of course, the people who are insisting that this psychosis continue lost their minds, just lost their minds, if they're whatever was left of them. And I've seen a lot of selfies from people on the Twitters, including from celebrities and things, saying, I am still going to mask when I fly because I care about other people. And it's it, uh, someone pointed out on Twitter that it's great. Masking is great for celebrities because they can hide their face and not be recognized and maybe not harassed or, mm -hmm. you know, have people try to take pictures of them or something. But then they can take pictures of themselves, post them, and get social credit for wearing their mask. 
Um, but it, some, <laughs> one, one guy called schools slaughterhouses <laughs> because, you know, unmasked school children are just dying, dying like flies, dying dropping like, like flies, like pigs in a slaughterhouse. And it's like, you can't seriously believe that because there, it's, it's not happening. It's not happening anywhere. Let, let me read from the, the uh, etymology dictionary. I'll post the link to this. Because I, I do like the way this word, the words etymology actually turns out. I think that I, so I was wrong about it being a, a perversion of what it might have meant in Greek. Uh, as I pointed out, psyche uh, is the spirit, the soul, the mind, the life, right? And uh, here, so here it says, uh, the term was coined in 1847, meaning mental affection or derangement. Uh, modern Latin coming from the Greek psyche, mind, soul, life. Uh, psychosis, osis being an abnormal condition. So the Greek psychosis meant a giving of life or animation, a principle of life. And so in the Latin, it, it comes to mean uh, giving life to an abnormal condition, which is exactly what's going on. They're, That's a great they're giving They're giving life to something that is right. unreal. Right. If you think about... It's not reality. The, you, can, you can apply that to the... The COVID hysteria, the, the transgender uh, movements, some of the stories we hear about the war in Ukraine or even going back to you know, WMDs, none of that is organic. None of that is just happening among us. It's being, it's given life. It's being drummed up. It's being foisted. Foisted's been a word I've, I've enjoyed using lately. It's being foisted on us. Right. Foisted. And especially kids, and I think it's interesting that these <clears throat> parental activists are waking up because they're realizing that they're coming for the kids, right? They're coming after the children, and they're, you know, we are waking up and starting to learn what, what's being taught in schools and in children's literature and movies, and there's been a pretty good voice of, of, of you know, people out there over the last few years raising the alarm, but it wasn't until people, it's, it's never until people see it for themselves and their own, in their own lives and their own kids that they this realize is, the This is why a lot of, of people it. are running around right now saying, the conspiracy theorists were right. The John Birch Society was right. They are all right. Alex Jones was right. They're right. But until they see it for themselves, they don't become the guy that's like, hey, they're all right. right. And the problem is people aren't waking up I mean, they're, they're waking up fast, but I don't know that the masses are really waking up fast enough. We've, we've quoted it before on this podcast. Men go mad in herds, but they come to their senses one at a time, and people are one at a time coming to their senses pretty quick here. Yeah, that was Charles Murray, I think. I the can't. Madness of Crowds. Yeah. Uh, Mackey, he, Charles Mackey. Which he wrote in like the 40s or something. I mean, it was, this is not a new thing, although I think Douglas Murray, maybe that's where I'm getting that from. There's another Madness of Crowds written more recently. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But uh, what, what's happened here is a war that was more covert, right? The, the infiltration of our schools and our businesses and universities and, and all of that stuff was kind of, kind of covert, right? Well, it's been foisted upon us. I like the way you use that word, and let me, let me throw that definition at you too. Foist, verb, transitive, to insert surret surreptitiously. What's surreptitiously, secretly? That's my favorite. I, I put that on 
pancakes. <laughs> Wrongfully or without warrant. So inserting something sneaky. Right. Right. Sneakily or in- inappropriately. You're, 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 you're shoving it into the... And that's exactly like a, a, a kindergartner doesn't know. In, in a way that attempts to avoid notice or attention, secretively. Right. And a kindergartner doesn't know what he's su- supposed to be learning at kindergarten and what's appropriate and inappropriate. They trust the teachers. And the parents have, for decades, have trusted the teachers. And mostly that's warranted. But Well, not really. I mean, that, more- that, that's one of the reasons, that's, that's one of the main planks of the Communist Manifesto, Marx, right. is to get pub- free public education for everybody. I think pu- free public education is perhaps one of the biggest... Uh, what would you call it? Blunders. Blunders. Uh, or Disasters. One, one, of, one of the biggest deceptions foisted upon, to use your term, right. foisted upon uh, America was this idea that we need free public education. When you make education free and people don't have to work for it and uh, you let the government control it, well, then it's the oligarchy's right. indoctrination tool. And it has been since the early 1900s. Right. The, 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 the so-called progressive era, when the Fed was created, when the income tax, you know, the, the federal income tax was constitutionalized. Really tragic there. Uh, that's when you had the Department of Education. That's when you had like guys like Dewey, right? Yep. John Dewey, American philosopher. Uh, educator, teacher. He's he's one of those people responsible for uh, the the plan that was rolled out, and it was all planned, right? It, intentionally foisted upon America. There were to, multiple multiple to, people involved who got together and created a secret plan. There's a word for that. I can't quite think of it right now. Evil. So that's the, one of them. <laughs> But but they they if you read his writings he talks and I can't remember where it is right now but they specifically talk about using the education system to change America conspiracy to change okay that's the word I was thinking <laughs> okay. of okay they 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 want to change the country to uh to match their uh goals and objectives you ever seen the the Fabian socialist window yes I think so let me let me pull up a picture of it really quick. I will describe it in great detail for our listeners. Okay, I'll I'll put the picture up here so that you can be the one to describe. But what it. we've lived through for a hundred years is the slow, methodical communist takeover. Communist takeover. I'm going to say it again. Communist. Well, communist. Takeover. I don't think communist is the right word. Statist. Uh, if it uh, were truly, yeah, but it's if it were truly com a communal thing. See, com communal. But, the idea of communal is that the that the people own everything via yeah, but it's never worked that way, right? Right. It's always about an oligarchy. That's why that that video I think we've linked to by the JBS guys on forms of government, how it's always gravitating between anarchy and oligarchy, is so important. It's the the government is never communist or uh, democratic or whatever for very long or it's it's it always gravitates towards a few people being in control or do you like the wolf in sheep's clothing on that can you see that so i'm looking at the 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 fabian window is a literal window this is a this is a a stained glass window that is uh a treasure of the fabian society in um there goes my mic. Just not in Great Britain's Britain. mic over. In in, uh, in England, there's uh, 
a group called the Fabian Socialists. Uh, Tony Blair, famous. There's a famous picture of Tony Blair standing right next to the window, grinning from ear to ear like a like a ravenous wolf. So at the top, it says, "Pray devoutly, hammer stoutly, or mold it, it nearer it, thy heart's mold, desire." Yeah, it says, "Mold it near to the heart's desire." And then you have a guy, um, a couple of guys uh, working uh, the bellows. Yeah, you've got a guy with a bellows, a guy with a ha- two guys with a hammer, and on the anvil is the world. Is that right? Right, and they've heated it up. Yeah. And they're and hammering on it. Below that, there's another kind of panel, and you have everyone kneeling and praying to... A bunch al- of socialist books. An, an altar or, yeah, books. I can't quite see what they these say. Are, these are the Fabian socialist books. These are the people like... The, the books that people like John Dewey, uh, the, the early humanists... He's a hero. Sorry, these are the these are the progressive humanists. If you get into humanism, like jo- you could call Joseph Smith a humanist, in that humanity has a divine spark. But uh, and and the, you could call the early Greeks, or not the early Greeks, but the classical Greeks, the uh, you know the ancient myths, all of those, the guys that uh, promoted those, you could call them humanists. Or the Renaissance, you could call the Renaissance authors humanists, but. Uh, this is a different form of humanism. This is 20th century humanism. John Dewey's a hero. He created the Dewey Decibel System, and that's different, how we find different Dewey. books. Different Dewey. Uh, uh, no, it's the same. Cuomo. Dewey. It's the same Dewey. No, it's a different guy. It's the same Dewey. John Dewey. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it is. It is. I'm pretty sure it is. He's a hero. Otherwise, how would we ever find anything in a library, which I've never stepped foot in? The, De- the Dewey Decimal System uh, was published in 1876 by Melville Dewey. Yeah, see, same guy. Okay, same guy. <laughs> All right, I stand corrected. Well, anyway, that's a cool window. It's an interesting window into the psyche of these people. Of course, the, the Wikipedia entry is going to tell you that there's no real conspiracy about this. Of course. Except the conspiracy to steal the window. Somebody stole it at one point, then it came back to the society. Look, I've said this before. These people tell us what exactly what they're going to do. They tell us. Well, what's what's even worse though here? I mean, if if we got to wrap up the comment on the um, the window, the thing, the thing is, you see them hammering on the world, so they're clearly trying to change the world, and then they've got their Fabian flag on a on a shield like an emblem right above the world and holding up the flag is a wolf with a lambskin draped around it a wolf in sheep's clothing so this is they, they, they this is evidence evidence that who, they are have been working against us for a long time who, who is fabian who what, what is that is that the guy that the the model with all the hair that's Fabio, I think. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. So where's that? Where's the Fabian come from? What's that referring to? Okay, well, here's the Wikipedia entry on the Fabian Society. It's a British socialist organization whose purpose is to advance the principles of democratic socialism via gradualist reform, reformist efforts in democracies rather than at revolutionary overflow. Okay, so this was uh, founded in 1884 and I'm not sure why they call it the Fabian Society. Um, you, you keep talking. I'll try to if figure any that of out. you, if any of you, dear listeners, are members of the Fabian Society, 
please leave a comment on at mindvirus.show and explain to us the, the name of your nefarious organization. And while I'm also still filling the air, I want to reiterate, these guys tell us exactly what they're going to do. We, we see that today, right? They tell us exactly what they're going to do. And what are they going to do? Well, they're going to make sure that there's food shortages. There's going to make, they're going to make sure that we have a social credit system. They're going to make sure that money is digitized and controlled. And they're going to make sure that we own nothing and that we are happy. <laughs> no, they're going to make, you don't understand. They're going to make sure that you own nothing. And we'll be happy. Happiness is just all in your head. <laughs> They'll so be. You, you what, can, it, what it really means, should say is you'll own nothing and we'll be happy. You, you'll own nothing and you can choose to be happy whether you want to be or not. Uh, I, you know, this could go, the, the Fabian name, I don't know why they named it that. It could go all the way back to uh, an emperor, Fabius, in Rome. I, I'm not sure. We'll have to do some more research on that, or maybe, we maybe we'll never know. Maybe it's a secret. But we'll post the picture on the internet. Yeah, we'll definitely post, the, post the window up. Yeah, at http colon slash slash mindvirus dot s-h-o-w. Which spells show. www dot mindvirus dot show. Well, anyway, what are we going to talk about today, Bobby? <clears throat> well, I think that's the fun. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we got to go early, right? <laughs> Uh, we have a few minutes left. We we probably have twenty ish minutes left. So food storage. <laughs> what well, all, what all this means is you should get food storage. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Jordan sent over a list of like eight or ten articles. Well, this that he was found. This was pursuant or pursuant to you sending me a bunch of articles about and some thoughts that they keep talking about food shortages, and we've already been talking about food. S- storage and stuff. But yeah, and there's been a bunch of like food processing plants and factory type places that have had accidents recently. Fires. Fires, explosions. explosions. One of them, uh, a plane crashed into one, like a small plane. You, I guess you could consider the nation of Ukraine a food processing or yeah, food see, creation I, plant, and it had a big accident. So the, I, I learned some things yesterday. Um, Ukraine would, Ukraine in, in the before times would send about two, 2 million, I think, if I remember right, 2 million pounds of corn to China. And China would use most of those 2 million pounds of corn to feed pork, pigs, right? And raise pork. Pork is a big staple in China, uh, as it is, you know, throughout the world. And that, that 2 million pounds of corn is not going to China right now, which means that China's going to face some food shortages. China's also struggling to grow the rice that they normally grow uh, because of COVID restrictions and uh, water problems. China has some serious water problems. Like most of their water, most of their groundwater is unusable. It's so contaminated. A lot of their river water, their surface water, rivers and lakes is also contaminated. Like we're talking like 70 to 90% of the ground and surface water is unsalvageable. It's so contaminated. That's sort of dire. It, it's really dire. And that has a lot of that's what dominoes. They get, that's what they get for having hoard themselves out to the Western world to make all their stuff, right? All the <laughs> factories and... Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And I mean, that's what happened. 
And I, I mean, I hate to use that term. We're, we're all whoring ourselves out to all kinds of endeavors, but uh, everybody's doing that. And, I, you know, that's just the tip of the, uh, the problem, right? The tip of the spear, the tip of the iceberg, which uh, is all leading to this idea that there's food, food shortages are coming. And this isn't some kind of crazy idea that we're coming up with here on this show. It's being pounded. Like I said, they tell you what they're going to do. Well, it's not do. only that, but it's, it's coming up all over the place. It's right. not just on Zero Hedge. It's, no, it's all over the mainstream place. Mainstream media is talking about it. Shortages. Tucker Carlson was, was talking about some of these food plants. Mar- Martin Armstrong, I saw a link from Zero Hedge. Did you ever happen to listen to his interview with Greg Hunter? I did not. Greg Hunter could do a better job interviewing people. Uh, he, he's interviewed write, Catherine Fitz write before. Write him a letter. No, he can just go ahead and do what he's doing. <laughs> he has some some interesting guests on. Martin Armstrong's a, a conservative or, uh, what would you call him, an Austrian economist? I don't know. Far-right extremist. Crazy man. Far-right extremist. That's what... Advisor to past presidents, stuff like that. Anyway, it's funny because he was talking about how, and, and, and this interview, I guess I have to link to this now, Armstrong interview. Anyway, this was a week ago and things had kind of settled a little bit in Ukraine and Armstrong's like, nope, the Russians are going to come back in. They have a goal to get certain objectives taken care of by um, May 9th, which is a great national holiday over there relative to World War II. They're conquering the, the Nazis in World War II. And Oh, and by the way, anybody that wants to have some perspective on Ukraine needs to watch the documentary Ukraine on Fire. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that before. It was I recently watched that. I hadn't seen it, but this was done in 2016 by Oliver Stone, mm-hmm. and it is so uh, on point. So so much describes what's going on right now. It's very prophetic. Uh, their discussion of color revolutions and how revolutions start is so eerily similar to the Antifa crap going on and all the, all the yeah, stuff none of it's that organic. We've, we've seen here in, in the United States. Yeah, it has the some, Black Lives Matter riots, has some, all that stuff. Some key uh, relevance to what's going on now, which I think... A big, they don't even change the logos from country to country. See, that's... Right. I think what's going on now is that it's just a massive money laundering operation. Or Ukraine? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're kind of in the eye of the storm right now. They're sending all kinds of money and and missiles. The U.S. Over has to sent <coughs> Ukraine ten, tens of billions over there. Anyway, Armstrong on this uh, on this uh, little interview, he predicted that the Russians would go back in with a with a vengeance into Ukraine to try and take the Donbass and and take all the the eastern land on the way down to Crimea, which it looks like they have done, and they intend to secure that before their holiday, so then kind of declared a victory there. Anyway, the guy seemed to have his head screwed on straight. I liked, I liked what he had to say. I think it's worth your time listening to him and t- him talking about the history. But he, what was alarming was Greg Hunter was asking, well, what should we do? And what's the regular guy supposed to do? Uh, store food? And he's like, well, yeah, we're going to have shortages. The computer models show the shortages. This isn't me. This is the computer models. The computer models don't lie. And we're going to have shortages. That's going to continue. And he was talking about the dollar getting stronger, but inflation was going to get worse because of shortages. And Armstrong asks him, well, how much food should we have on hand? And the guy's like, well, two years. Like just nonchalantly, two years would be good. Two years? If you're LDS, you've only been told to get one year and you haven't even been told that in the last 10 years. 
in the last 10 years, they've been saying, oh, don't worry, we'll take care. They haven't really been saying this, but they've been given the impression that don't worry, a couple of weeks is enough because the government will take care of you. Right. Because we believe in being subject to kings, rulers, magistrates, and obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law, no matter what the law is. What, what were you saying about people with their middle initials? I don't know. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> something about a middle initial being, uh, lending credibility. Um, I'm Bobby. Bobby T, Bobby T. Flood. The T stands for the. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby the, the Flood. Bobby the Flood. <laughs> that sounds like a pro wrestler. <laughs> and in this corner, standing seven foot two, weighing three hundred eighty pounds, with eight percent body fat, Bobby the Flood. Perfect. <laughs> Anyway, the Armstrong interview was interesting. Uh, foods, <laughs> food is being talked about a lot. Shortages are being talked about a lot. The country of China is partially shut down. We talked about that last week. You're, you're seeing the lockdown from Shanghai starting to have effect on world shipping. Uh, they're talking about shutting down Beijing again. It's, it, this is going to have an effect on not just food, but all kinds of stuff. It, it's really I, I was I'm trying to wrap my head around this about what's going on in China. Like why in the world the the rest of the world has mostly kind of put COVID behind them, right? Here in the United States, sports and concerts and everything is just moving forward. They've even scrapped the airline mandates. And yes, as I mentioned, people are losing their minds over that. But those are small oh, pockets of the psychosis. Weirdos, people right? are the, that psychosis crowd is shrinking. I mean, I I. If you're part of the psychosis crowd, if the peer pressure argument works on you, realize that you're going to be in a smaller peer group. I, maybe your experience is a little different, but I see maybe one in 20 people are still sporting masks around town. Like maybe not even that. Maybe it's one in 50. You know, at the yeah, grocery I'm store. Yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of people in masks. I was in a crowded church meeting yesterday. Really? Crowded? There, there, was, there was no masks. Well, it was a state conference. So we oh. had more pe- a few more people there, but I, I didn't, I didn't see a single mask. Well, what kind of conferring went on? Uh, there was conferring, conferencing, conferencing. So did you confer with anyone? No, no, no. I was, I was a you're spectator. Not, you're not allowed to confer, <laughs> but in the conference my, there. So what's weird That's a about subject <laughs> for a different day, why we don't get to confer at the conference. What was weird about this, uh, what's weird about this is that the rest of the world mostly has kind of put COVID behind them. And suddenly China's like locking people up. They're talking about deaths and you see videos of like people in hazmat suits. It's hard to know what's real, what's staged, what's old, what's current. But my question is why now? Why are they doing this now? China famously kind of got over COVID back in the, you know, the, the original panic, right? Spring 2020. China was like, oh yeah, we locked down for a minute. Now we're fine. And remember, they kind of trolled us all with big with videos and pictures of people at a crowded water park and things. Right after all this stuff happened, even though like they had those, I think, fake videos of people just dying in the streets. Why now? And I'm wondering if China is going to be used to disrupt. Disrupt. I mean, really, really disrupt. Did I forward, the rest of the world. Did I forward you that article I read on uh, their total war policy? Like, 
in the 90s, they put out a document about how they would engage in full spectrum war. Like everything would be war. Every, every, every um, action they take would support their, which is possible in a totalitarian regime like this, a full, full on top down control type of regime where they can control every bit of their society. Everything was focused on their, uh, their dominance objectives mm-hmm. to make China I don't, the world it, power. I, I got to find that. I'm because, not sure if you sent it to me or not. If you did, I, I missed it or I didn't read it. But right, like everything's framed in, in the... Right, I so think, what, what are they doing right now? It's not that they're doing this for no good reason. I don't think it's because they're scared of COVID. That's the n- point. No, that's what I mean. It's like, I think something... I think, I think China might be the, the catalyst for this next phase of the controlled demolition. Because if, for better or worse, we re- the West relies heavily on China for a lot of stuff, including not just cheap crap that you think of like, you know, trinkets and toys and stuff, but I think a lot of our medications are made in China. It's not just that, it's supply chain. It's supply chain. You realize what goes into all the stuff you're using? Look around you, everybody. Look around you. What are the component parts of anything sitting within six or eight feet of you? What are the component parts? Is it possible that any of those come from China? It's possible. It's not only possible, come from China. (laughs) It's possible 90% of them come from China. Right. And and we've seen we've seen hints of all of that, right? Like the it's really hard to find computer chips right now. Those uh, a lot of those are made in Taiwan too. But but the components that go into computer chips, right? That's all manufactured in China. Now ta- what now what happens when when you apply that same disruption that we've seen with computer components to food? Right. And not and that and food I think is a sector of the economy where it's not as dependent on China, but China affects the rest of the world. The, the, yeah, but do you think they're going to But the rest of the world, the East is heavily dependent on China for food. You know, Russia and and parts of Europe, there it is more it is more interconnected. Some But the pro, the thing some is Some inputs here, though, are shipped over there and put and brought back as processed foods. Right. And then think about here if we can't, if we, if our tractors can't run because we can't get the right parts for them or our computers, everything's computers, right? Our cars, our vehicles, tractors, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we're beating the, the two sides of the same drum. That's the saying, right? Um, there's big problems, <laughs> big, big trouble in little China. And it's not just China. That's the thing. Ukraine is on fire. Right. And it has been on fire. And, oh, food processing plants are on fire. Well, in Russia. The, the, this <laughs> in America, in Oregon, like multiple plants yeah. in Oregon. There was one here. One, in, one was hit. Uh, somebody flew a plane into a, a potato processing plant in Idaho. Why yeah. did they have to do that last week? Right. Right. That, it, it's just mysterious and strange. And it, oh, and then there was the article about the Russian oligarchs that committed suicide. Two different Russian oligarchs killed themselves and their families, or they were murdered or something. But I feel like we're in the movie uh, Sherlock Holmes making the pin board with all the, the yarn right. going, what, what does the death, Watson, what does the death of uh, two Russian oligarchs and their families have to do with 14 food processing plants in America? Right. And those Russian being oligarchs- destroyed by fire. Neither of them were in Russia, James right? Moriarty. Neither of them. No, were. they weren't in Russia. <laughs> one was in Spain, and I don't. I don't know where the other one was. 
Yeah, and the Russian oligarchs are being they're they're having property seized, their yachts seized, things like that by foreign governments, including the United States. What's it all got to do with each other? I I don't know, and I think by the time we do know, it'll be too late. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So now's the now's the time to get prepared. It, it would be a good idea to assess the situation, and I think that's. We flipped. We flipped from the psychosis discussion into this because the time. Look, if 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 it doesn't, if 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 things don't play out and things don't go bad, uh, it's okay to have some extra food on hand. You can eat that over time. But things are going badly okay, but already. I'm just trying to make the case that it's okay to prepare. It might. Nobody's going to think you're right. stupid, and you won't even think you're stupid. Well, you just have some extra food on hand that you paid less for than you will in the future. Right. <laughs> Just don't let it go bad, you know? I mean, if you buy a ton of meat, don't let it go rotten. You need to be able to keep your freezer going. Yeah. If you buy if you buy the right type of stuff, canned goods, that tends to last for a long time and you can eat that over the next few years. If you just buy a little bit extra each week, this is this is going to be helpful. I got a from a friend. Uh, there's a guy named Joel Skousen out there that is a nephew of Cleon Skousen. You may have heard of him. He writes a, a weekly newsletter called The World Affairs Brief. And a friend of mine shared a snippet from that with me this week. And I'd like to just run through a few things. Cleon wrote the Naked series. Naked communist, naked socialist. These are adult Naked books. capitalist. Highly recommended. They're not adult books. There are no photos because that would run, cause everyone to run screaming from the room <laughs> if you saw the naked capitalist or the naked communist. But pretty, pretty uh, interesting books. So highly recommended. Carry on. Okay. Well, uh, anyway, just a few things. His son, Andrew, helps him with the, the thing <laughs> with the newsletter every week. And I don't want to, you know, you should subscribe to his newsletter if you want to get it. I, I have a friend that shares interesting things with me from time to time. So uh, he does charge for it. And it's probably worth it to get, if, if you're paying for information, <laughs> whether you like it or not, you're paying for the information, okay? <laughs> so that, this might be a good one to subscribe to. I don't know, it's up to you. But uh, his son writes a little snippet at the end of this and he says, toilet paper is not the most important survival item. <laughs> So when it what? starts disappearing from the store shelves, it's a sy symptom of the population looking to get better prepared, but they don't know what will be valuable in a crisis. Thousands of valuable products in everyday stores get overlooked by people hoping to stock up because they don't know what they are. I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I'll just throw a few, a few ideas at you because I thought he had some really good ideas. And I've thought a lot about this. I just never published a list, right? Maybe we should publish the Flood Bruno prep list. Toilet paper, Doritos, Pepsi. Sig Sauer P226. Sig Sauer P365. Sig Sauer <laughs> uh, Colt 1911. Rock Island Armory 1911. Remington 30-06 <laughs> with a high-powered digital scope. Our list is heavy on, uh, on certain types of items. Bowie knife. Anyway, he, ma he makes a good point. And right now, uh, toilet paper is almost... Uh, I was over at Costco the other day. I was trying to... I was kind of arguing with my wife over this. Toilet paper is pretty expensive compared to what it used to be. Paper towels appear to me to be almost twice as much as they were pre-pandemic. She says maybe not quite that much. 
She doesn't remember them being that expensive, but I think she used to buy them more on sale. They're never going to go on sale again, by the way. I think but, there's websites that track like prices of goods. So oh, you can we see. should we, try to we find that. To try to look something up because I know, I know like the price of milk has gone up. All these staples, right, that people buy every day. The prices have gone up. That's part that, partially inflation, but I think there's okay. More. So, Bobby, you need to find us one of those websites. That's your responsibility. Right, I will. Right, I will right. remind you. We'll try to put that on, a link up on the website. But, but what you have going on is not just price inflation, but shrinkflation. And so, when I was looking at the paper towels, because we have some from pre-pandemic in our basement, and then you know, having a big family, it pays to have <laughs> some extra stuff in the basement. Just so you don't have to go to the store every other day. But anyway, with the shrinkflation, they shrank the packages by 10%, and then they raised the price by 50%, you know? So it's almost almost double what it used to be. Okay, here's some examples to get your uh, mental juices flowing to, to try and uh, grease the wheels up there to think about what things might be helpful for you. <clears throat> as far as food, Andrew Skousen says... Look for these proteins, canned meats, tuna chicken, beef, sardines, clams, etc. Canned beans and chili, nut butters, bulk dry legumes of all kinds, beans, split peas, lentils, garbanzo beans, etc. Notice that he lists that first. He lists the proteins first. You're going to need the proteins. This is very, very important. We've been taught to stock up on carbs. Proteins are very important. Dried, yeah. dried beans would be helpful. Protein. Canned meat would be very helpful protein for a couple of reasons. Number one reason is that it, you can survive a long time on protein. You need protein in your diet. It lasts a long time. It's satiating. It helps you, your brain work better. You can eat less of it and be more satisfied. Um, and it's, uh, it's healthy. Protein is healthy for you. You need it. Right. When you're, not, when you're not getting as much fresh produce, which is what we really ought to be eating a lot of, the proteins are really going to help. And you can supplement that a little bit with uh, carbs. And we might have to move to the whole wheat as the staff of life because <clears throat> uh, I know we've got a lot of wheat stored up, right? Anyway, he, he lists fats and oils like coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil, etc. <clears throat> he lists those next. He does not list things like canola oil, though. He, he's got more healthy oils. Bulk carbohydrates, pastas, rice, corn, cornmeal, grains, gluten-free options are oats, barley, quinoa, or quinoa, buckwheat. He lists sugars, canned goods, uh, salt, bouillon, white wine, vinegar. These are very important things. How many of you have plenty of salt? Get iodized salt if you can. Iodine really helps keep your mental faculties working better. Seasoning and spices, you know, like vanilla, cinnamon, ginger, turmeric, garlic. Interestingly, cayenne pepper, by the way, cayenne pepper helps with uh, blood clotting problems, heart problems, uh, apple cider vinegar, those types of things help a lot. There, there's a lot of overlap between the whole herbal remedies, health foods, and uh, spices and foods that you would normally eat. So, this is really important, listeners. Now, Look, we may, it's, there's a possibility. There's a possibility that we might be wrong, okay? But not only is it out there in the prepper community, but it looks like the mainstream is starting to be talking about these things. And once everybody realizes the jig is up, 
then it's going to be too late. Okay, so now is a good time to start supplementing. If you if you you can't necessarily, it's not a good idea to go out in haste and buy everything. Okay, that's you need to make it a habit to be getting extra and to work well, on some of these, conserving. Some of these stores and, won't let you do that anyway. You know, they're limiting, well, they're starting to limit you limiting on, on what a, you can buy items. Yeah. The red but, flags have been waving for a while. Yeah, think, but think about things that will preserve for a long time. The okay? red and yellow flags. Yeah, if you're, if you are uh, the type that wants to eat everything fresh or right out of your freezer, it's going to be a problem. We, you may not be able to keep everything in your freezer. Your freezers are limited in space, and they require energy. So think about what you can uh, store that will last a few years, and then you can eat it later if things calm down. Yeah. Uh, one way to, to do that is to, you can have animals, you can have chickens. Chickens are a, a low impact, fairly inexpensive thing that you can have on hand that would provide eggs and meat. Chickens are kind of self-sufficient. They'll scratch in the garden, you know. If you, if you have to let them out to eat, then they might get over the neighbor's fence and the neighbor might have a chicken dinner. <clears throat> I recommend if you do create a chicken coop, put a, a roof of some kind on it, like a, a, a chicken wire roof. <laughs> Because uh, otherwise the hawks and the falcons will have a chicken dinner. That's true. That's it is very true. true. Have you ever seen that happen? That's a little alarming. I was uh, in, Mo- I was in not Montana, I was in Wyoming, near the Montana border. I was in Wyoming on my bicycle on a remote dirt road, mm-hmm. pedaling along, kind of aimlessly. And a pot gut fell out of the sky and hit the road about 20 yards ahead of me. I looked up and there was a falcon or a he hawk. He lost it, huh? <laughs> he, he, I think what he did, they pick it up and they drop it to kill it. Oh, they it. come back and get it. Either that, my theory is that he, the, the, I, let me back up here. I once saved a red, uh, red-tailed hawk. I came across a red-tailed wow. hawk and a snake all tangled up on the trail. And they were both just sort of at a stalemate. Death grip. And what had, I think what had happened is that hawk tried to pick up the snake to eat it. Mm-hmm. But the snake was big enough that it... Got wrapped around it, him. Yeah, and, and, and the snake had wrapped all around the hawk's wings. And mm-hmm. they were just sitting there in a <laughs> stalemate. They were both going to just end up getting probably eaten by a coyote. <laughs> but I, Sounds I un- like the snake was winning. <laughs> but I, un- I untangled them. Mm-hmm. Me, me and a buddy, we, we untangled them and the hawk flew away. The snake hissed angrily at us. And I was like, dude, I just saved your life. <laughs> Chill out. But ever since then, I think red tailed hawks, they, 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 they look like at, you. they look after me. That's and I cool. think that hawk was, uh, could recognize that I was hungry, malnutrition, malnourished. And they dropped some food dropped down some for food. me and was probably a little bit perplexed and offended why I didn't stop and eat the it's a possibility. What, what kind of snake was it? It was not a poisonous snake. It was like a, um, it was like a bull snake, I think. Mm. It was a pretty big snake, but it was, um, I want to say like a bull snake. Cool. Speaking of bikes, by the way, mm-hmm. oil may get prohibitively expensive. There's, that's something that's going to be in shortage. Well, the, the Western world is trying to cut o- uh, uh, Russia off from trade, so they don't want to take the Russian oil, as you know, and they're right. blaming inflation on Russia when they are trying to force them into default. Or the pandemic. Yeah. So it's clearly our policies, the policies of governments are causing us these problems. But uh, prices on gasoline may go up. And so speaking of bikes, 
Bikes might be useful. And Andrew yeah. Skousen recommends bike inner tubes and patch kits and contact cement, stuff bikes, like that. Over the last couple of years, bikes have been very hard to get as well. Uh, especially so, higher end, like, you know, race bikes, stuff that you're going to put some money into. Yeah. So maybe if you have an, uh, a usable bike, you, you could repair it or try to, right. try to, or maybe pick them up on a KSL or something like and, that. And having, having spare tubes and things like system. that is a great idea because a bike's worthless uh, if you can't pedal it down the road. Right. Uh, he also recommends things like uh, fishing hooks, tackle, bait, pocket knives, multi-tools, et cetera, you know, camping type of stuff. It, it, you know, if, if it really gets bad, everybody and their dog is going to be out living off the land. And so food storage is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Having it stashed in multiple locations is a good idea. Living off the land, there's a lot of people who probably think they can do that. There's very, very few people who could do it. It's It's more likely that we'll have a slow grind type of a situation where you're going to have the option to go to the food bank and eat what they give you, the government-run thing, but you're going to have to do what they want, jump through whatever hoops they they um, require, like get a vaccine or something, right? in order to go take advantage of the, the government-sponsored help. So you want to be more self-sufficient in that situation. Other, other types of things he recommends are things like oil and oil filters for your car or extra transmission fluid or uh, spare fuses, wiper blades, etc. Things, things like regular maintenance on your car might be hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And I think people are going to be keeping their cars as long as they can. So you're going to see the whole uh, use it up, wear it out, make do or do without thing. You probably see a lot of people driving m- more beat up cars in the next few years because, you know too expensive or can't get them and when from overseas when somebody comes to take your food storage or tells you to donate it to somebody don't do it no matter who asks don't do what it if, what if they have a middle initial don't do it keep it it's yours what if it's their first initial and then it's they use yours. their middle name it's yours you prepared for your family don't do it of course check in with the lord on everything <clears throat> that you should do yes of course I think he'll tell you not to do it. <laughs> he might warn you to leave Jerusalem beforehand, hopefully. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, wool socks, work shoes, jeans, underwear, you know, th- durable, durable, usable work clothes would be good. Shoes, right? Uh, seeds, hand tools. What's interesting, too, to kind First of... First aid supplies. kind of... Prescriptions tie this into what we already talked to earlier today is that this is not this is not just like apocalyptic preparation, although maybe it could be this is preparation against this is a a, a defense against the psychosis because they can they can induce these psychoses by causing you to panic and to fear. look at covid right people who's who were not prepared for something like that. Are probably the ones who have suffered the most of of the mental psychosis of the, you know they they believed everything. There's no way they would lie to us. They wouldn't lie to us. When are the authorities going to put the food bank back together? Right. They're lying to you. <laughs> they definitely are lying to you, in many 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 ways. But the truth does slip through, accidentally oftentimes. Like that uh, former ambassador. Did you see that she was? 
I don't remember her name, but she was being interviewed. An American ambassador to some far off country? She had something to do with Ukraine. Oh, former ambassador to Ukraine. And she ended up testifying against Trump and the impeachment stuff. So she's a, you know, she's a infiltrator. But she said recently that if Trump were still in office, of course, Russia wouldn't have invaded. (laughs) And she says it like it's a bad thing. We... Putin would have gotten what he wanted, and so he wouldn't have needed to invade. And we're like, okay. So these people want this; they're orchestrating it. This it's all it's all a big stage. All the world is a stage. Yeah. But there's certain things you can do to. And we're the extras. Don't be the extras. We're the expendables. Be, be the be the protagonist. Don't be the extras. Yeah. Well, uh, well, real quick here before we wrap up, if you got pets, you might need some extra type of supplies for them uh paper products perhaps uh printer ink and stuff for your your printer maybe mm-hmm. maybe that computer that you might need uh you might want to get that uh, kitchen supplies garbage bags soaps cleaners etc think about all the different areas of your life where y- you could spend a little extra money and a little preparation now and be a lot happier later. Dawn dish soap, for example, does wonders on all kinds of things. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. <laughs> it Windex is for, according to the Greeks, is for all the medical treatment stuff. <laughs> right. So, but uh, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of different things you could be looking at. Oh, home improvement stuff. Things like fasteners, uh, screws, glues, tapes, wire. Um. I think it's also plastic sheeting mentally just to prepare mentally that the time may come soon ish to that. We just have to live differently that we have to live on less and uh, that's okay. That's okay. Now it doesn't mean like, I don't mean that in the sense of the way you hear from the W E F like you have to stop eating meat and eat lentils. No, but like if you can't, like if your Kindle, uh, goes off line or something like that, or you decide to cancel it or whatever, or your uh, access to the internet is limited. Do you have a nice library? Do you have an interesting library? Could you share with other people and have fun entertainment via books? Right. Or you just may not be able to go out to dinner twice a week like you're used to doing now with your family. Are you good at making stuff at home? Is that something your family values is having a, a, a meal at home or are you guys running ragged and... Can you make do without Netflix and Amazon Prime and the internet? One of the big problems here is kids, right? If you've got kids that are addicted to this stuff, how are you going to get them unaddicted? Is it going to be hell on earth? Flip phones. Flip phones. That, that gets them unaddicted? Yeah, just take away their addiction. Or they, just don't give them a phone. There's that. That's a very good idea. problem is when they start to drive, it's nice me. to take care of them. I know. That was kind of our reasoning. They, they can, well, it's, it's nice to get them a phone so you can keep track of them and they can do yeah. stuff for you. Find my friends is, all, is just spy on my kids. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> we got to wrap it up. Yeah. I mean, you're welcome to stay and keep talking. I'm going to go. Okay. I'm okay. going to go practice some voices and practice singing. We could we could end with a song. You don't need to practice singing. I've heard you sing. You you sing in the in the church choir and things. And the shower. I don't. I'm not a good singer. It starts at the very beginning. A very good place to start. <laughs> when you read, it begins with A B C. <laughs>
when you sing, it begins with Do, Re, Mi. <laughs> Take us out, Bobby Flood. Very good. Well, everybody, have a great week. Uh, hang in there. Give us some. Give us some feedback. Give us some comments. I think we've got a bunch of listeners out there that are just lurking. You call those lurkers, right? Yeah. Long time listener, first time caller. Not not participating on the uh, podcast page. Thank you to you guys who post every once in a while. Yeah, and uh, as all, yeah, we we love comments, whether they're funny or pithy or whatever. We love feedback. Let's uh, let's do let's do a contest. Everybody post one thing to the uh, to the website that you think is an overlooked preparedness item that people could get that would be helpful for them. Post it up there. Let us know what it is, and if you have the best item, you win the contest. What do they win? The contest. Okay. Is there a prize involved? A t-shirt. Really? If we ever print a t-shirt. If we ever print a t-shirt. We, I, we should send out something to our email list, which we never talk about anymore. Yeah, you can join an email list. We'll send out your item as a recommendation on our email list. We could definitely get some t-shirts printed. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. At least right now. The t-shirt presses that I know of are still running. Can tell you what? I bet it would cost us 20 bucks or something, maybe 30 to get it shipped in. Yeah. If we get, let's say, 20 people to respond, 20 different people, and I can, track, people. I can track your IP addresses. If we get 20 people to post on the website a preparedness item that is often overlooked, you and I commit to print up one T-shirt and give it away. Yeah. To give, some, it away, give it away, give it away. To yeah. some listener. Yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to print a whole bunch of the of the t-shirts, but well, yeah. I'm only willing to commit to one t-shirt. Okay, well, let's do it. I know a place that will print one t-shirt. Okay, we don't have to do it like ten thousand. Okay, all right. You heard it here first. Contest on. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>